My father is John Matthew Fowler. He's a writer, educator, preacher, editor, and theologian. But I call him dad. My dad's achievement in no way defines who I am. Just because I'm related to him doesn't make me as smart, eloquent, or gifted. We share DNA, but it's hard to tell I'm his son once I began to speak. But here's where it gets interesting. We share a love for God and Jesus. And that is what James, the brother of Jesus, begins his book with, a servant of God and Jesus. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Welcome to the book of Do. And this is what we're going to study for this series of 13 um, studies. I have three wonderful guests. I'm hoping you're wonderful. Please tell me you're wonderful. Uh, she is. Okay. <laughs> Who are going to go through and host this, this series of studies. If you could tell me a little bit about yourself and where you've lived that's weird. Where I've lived that's weird. Okay. My name is Kathy Burton. Okay. And... Um, I actually lived in Kenya for three years. I don't know if the Kenyans want to be called weird. Well, that's, I think it's weird to us okay. here. It's not usual. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here. I'm Angela Taipei, and um, I've lived in many weird places, I guess, but probably just because I was there. This is true. <laughs> Knowing you, I would agree. Probably the weirdest was in Costa Rica because I lived at the base of a volcano. We have, there's an Adventist University there that I was at, and it would rumble every once in a while. The Adventist University or the volcano? Both. Okay. <laughs> that powerful. Just <laughs> And I'm Janelle Phillip. I've lived in my head, which is weird in itself. <laughs> but I haven't lived anywhere. By yourself weird. with other people. No, I'm sorry. A few other people, but I keep them quiet. Just kidding. But no, I've, I've lived in Maryland, which where I've grown up and I've been, but I've traveled a little bit, but not lived anywhere else. Maryland's pretty weird at times. Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> Angela, since you're the, um, the veteran of the show and you've hosted before, would you offer prayer in a language other than the one you normally, what you speak normally? Normally speak and read scripture. Okay, with? I will pray in the one I speak the least often. Okay. So that way, if I say things wrong, people can forgive me. But first, I'll read the verse. Yes, please. Okay. Our verse comes John 15, 14, which says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And I'm going to pray in Portuguese, so if you'll bow your heads. Querido Pai do Céu, queremos agradecer este dia e, e pedir sua presença aqui nessa lição. Pedimos tudo em seu nome. Amém. Amen. Amen. Lived in Brazil? Lived there for about a year and at a different time for about two months. No volcanoes. No volcanoes, just a lot of desert. Do you have a lot of family that live around the place? or No, I go by myself. I get bored. And of your family? Yes. <laughs> and then I volunteer. So I've done a lot of living in different places, volunteering and working. When we Part of the study, this, this, this particular one, is about James, the brother of Jesus. Um, how does the Bible depict family life? Honestly, I would say, I'd love to say that it, it depicts this perfect family and it gives us the exact clue on how to be a family. <laughs> but there's a lot of messed up families in the Bible. I mean, Jacob and Esau, those are some strange brothers. I mean, twins who then fight for everything and I'm glad my family isn't like that. But that's, I mean, that's one of the first examples that comes to my mind. Mm 
they just seem very distant and uh, like there's not when I think of family I think of you know sitting down together and having worship and singing songs and you don't really see that a lot with um, in the Bible, they just seem really dis distant compared to what I'm used to as a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you imagine Jacob and Esau saying Father Abraham? Right <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. arm. <laughs> it, it's, the family is very complicated and interesting to me. I mean, you, in the Old Testament you see brothers taking each other out to become mm -hmm. kings and so this whole idea of family as being a unity in one is not always present, though sometimes you do see a little bit of that, but it's a lot of conflict that I see. Yeah, so if you had to pick one perfect family, there is there one in, in, in Scripture? I don't know, mm. Peter's mother-in-law? <laughs> no, I think a lot of times they're just referenced. Like this person, oh, and he had a mother-in-law. Or this person, oh, and he had a brother. Yeah, they don't really go into detail much. Should we say Jesus' family? Is that a perfect family at least? Well... We'll get into that in a moment, but I think, I mean, I, if I had, I can't think of one. No. I mean, Bethany, I mean, in Bethany, Ruth, I mean, not Bethany. Ruth but, and Naomi, I mean. Well, at the beginning, I, was yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's complicated. She was trying to tell her to go. <laughs> but they developed go, a really strong relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that's I, one connection in a family. I wouldn't say that whole family was. Yeah. Well, with Martha, Mary, and Bethany, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, but then, you know, they didn't yeah. have parents at that time, so must, they would have been, what, 20s, in their 20s at the time? Yeah, but even in then, there was still a little bit of kind of, come on, I need you to come and Mar help me. Martha and, and Mary. So, so there was still a little bit anything? of something between them, so I don't perfect, know where we no. get this idea that, you know, these, these biblical families were so together, and I don't, it's hard for me to pick one and say this was a perfect family. Yeah. Yeah. Jairus or Jairus, depending on how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. for the, for the, that would stand out for me, because here was a man who was willing to give up his reputation. Yeah for his family, to, for his daughter right. to be healed. I mean, this yeah. was somebody that's willing to, saying this is more important than my position. I think that would stand out for me. Yeah, I mean, there are examples of loving relationships yes. within, you know, between family members. But they're usually complex on other sides. And perfect kind of, it means without flaw. And I don't think I've seen any that do not have any flaws to them. But I agree with you, Angela, that there's definitely some, you see a lot of love in a lot of these families. Even throughout all of the stuff that happens, yeah. there's still love in Sometimes some misguided. Yes. <laughs> Perhaps love. that's a service that we've done throughout history is to make, make the Bible seem like it's, it's this. Perfect. It's perfect, but it isn't. I mean, you've got so many conflicts, you have so many issues, so, so many interpersonal issues that you can't say, well, he, this is the way you should be because mm -hmm. you look deeper in and it wasn't. I mean, you look at the story of Gideon and say, oh, he was such a man of God. Well, he took that gold and put it in the ephod and he put it up there and that became the idol for everybody to follow. So those were people that were very similar to us. Yep. Yeah, it makes it real, makes it relatable. So coming back to your question about Jesus and his family. <laughs> It's a good question. See, I asked it. So. <laughs> what do you know about the, their childhood and the adolescence and growing up? I mean, there's not much. No. No, you see his conception, his birth. Um, I mean, a story of him at the temple, and then he grows in wisdom and stature. Jesus was focused on his mission, it seems, from birth, even to the point where he's like, okay, my parents, I'll catch y'all later, <laughs> but I have to go and study amongst, right. you know, my peers well, and so forth. And he, he seemed very focused and not mm -hmm. just focused on his family, but focused on 
everyone. And he didn't even tell them where he was. Nah. I mean, it wasn't a, hey, mom, I'm going over there. Mm -hmm. Like, is that normal for a kid to do? Just well, stay he, somewhere? He okay. knew who he was from the beginning. So I feel like mm -hmm. it's a different dynamic than us because we, we aren't born, you know, the king of the universe. Well, so. I'm, not sure if, I, I'm not sure if he knew he was going to be the king of the universe. I'm not sure if Mary grew up. I mean, not like parents today that say, oh, you're, gonna, you're the best in the world. You're the best. You're the best. I'm not sure if he was raised that way. And even him getting lost, it, it's like camp meeting. When you go to camp meeting, <laughs> I'm not talking about camp meeting now where people are more protective. But back in the day, kids were running all over the place. You had no idea where they were as long as they were, you knew they were there someplace. Yeah, but would you leave camp meeting without making sure your kid's in the car? I actually know of a story of, of something that happened to somebody. They went for this camp meeting. This was in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the young girl was with her grandfather, and they were all talking and everything else, and she just followed along and thought she was with somebody, and then she was in this bus, and then they found out that the bus was going in a different direction. It wasn't going where they were. At that time, the grandfather was, was unaware that he lost the grandchild. <laughs> The grandmother freaked, <laughs> got mad at the grandfather, and then eventually the, the people on the bus, they were all part of the same church group, they said, well, we're going a different direction. So they left the little girl, she must have been about eight, ten years old, left her at a bus stop in the oh, evening. No. So, I mean, stuff like that does happen. We aren't aware of it. Yeah. I mean, she didn't grow up to be a preacher or, you know, save the world or anything like that, but <laughs> this is similar to the story of, mm -hmm. wait, I'm not where I'm supposed to be? Mm -hmm. So when you think of, like, Mary holding Jesus as a child and talking to her about the love of God and, you know, Jesus loving us and, I mean, I guess God loving us. How, how do you think that went about? How, like, how would she address that, him being the savior of the world? Right. Was it just a matter of, in the past this happened and God loves us and so he gave us these rules and by he I mean you <laughs> gave us these rules to follow mm -hmm. to have a better life you yeah. know Jesus was human at the same time as he was divine I'm not sure I mean when I read scripture I don't see Mary pointing out you know him saying okay you're better than everybody else and you're right. special and you're right. this because going up in us even though he was without sin it doesn't take that long to feed somebody's ego to a point where they, they can go off the edge. I mean, if you look at Lucifer in heaven, it, it was ego that sent him off. So I'm sure, I, I mean, I'm looking at it from a parent. If you know your child is special, you don't try, I, mean, I wouldn't tell my, my daughter that, you know, you're better than everybody else, right. you're, you're special, you've got this. It's nice when they've discovered that they are part of everybody and, and they are just better skilled. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, it even seems to surprise them a bit when they go back and he's there talking with the religious leaders and he makes his statement of, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? And they seem a little taken aback by it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it doesn't sound like you're saying, it doesn't sound like every day they said, well, God is your father, you're the son of God. Joseph isn't your father, you're the son of God. Yeah, see, I don't see that happening because I see, I see him closer to, I mean, I, I, right. he eventually finds out who he is. Yes. Uh, right. Just like many of us when we're growing up and we study scripture and everything else. You can study scripture and read it back and forth and you know, up and down in any way you want, but there comes a moment in your life when you discover who God is in your life. And that's, yeah. that's that defining moment that you go, oh, yeah, that's who I am. And that's the same path that we go on. 
-hmm. You know, I didn't grow up with my mom saying, you'll be a communicator. You, I mean, yes, she often said, you talk too much. <laughs> I can understand. I can see that happening. Yes. Please just let me read and without going, hey, mommy, you reading? Hey, mommy, you reading? <laughs> so, I mean, she knew things about me that gave her clues as to who I was going to grow up to become, but she didn't mm -hmm. sit down and tell me, you're going to be a communicator, you need to develop these skills because that's what's going to be best for mm -hmm. you. She just led me down a path that she knew was going to be good for me. And eventually I realized what I was skilled at and what I liked to do mm -hmm. and, and all of those pieces started coming together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I see this, I see Mary raising the family. I mean, being the mother of Jesus, being the stepmother of Joseph's other children, raising them to to know be be confident with who they were as individuals mm -hmm. but not saying you guys are special because wait psst, he is you know he, i don't <laughs> think he, she did that with her kids right. and i'm not i'm sure she didn't do that with jesus saying oh you're different from all the other kids cuz you know you're you're the son of god but in in the process they developed their own identity yeah cuz naturally i mean you, when you think of parenting the proper parenting you never want to pit one against the other or make one stand out against the other and so i think she just i think that was part of the reason god knew that he can entrust her as a mother um, and joseph as a father because that they would raise them in a way that kind of just puts all of the children in a way of just following god and like you said at a point you and you said as well at a point you just realize I am the child of God. I am this. But just putting those basic values and stealing those all together in all of the children at one time. Jesus just happened to propel a little bit faster <laughs> at some yeah. things. And it makes me think of the other side of that, mm -hmm. of what that could have been. And we see that when we see Joseph in his coat of many colors. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was the favorite. He yes. was treated like the favorite. And you see how his brothers liked that. <laughs> And those were his real brothers. I mean, yeah. they were, well, not really. They were also, they're from, well, right. they're half, yeah, half brothers. Half, half brothers, half. but then yeah. cousins, sort of, yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> Talk about different, different types of family. family. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, so we come to the book of James, which is a mm -hmm. the series of studies. Most people don't know who James hmm. is or was, and they try to figure out this by picking up pieces and look at the book of Acts and, mm -hmm. you know, Paul and Peter, mm -hmm. all of them talking about this James. So you've got James here who, we've just defined as a brother of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And in the book of, J in J book of James, he talks about humility. So where does this, this idea, how do you define humility as it's in the scripture here? Well, well, I'm so humble. Let me tell, let me tell you, I'm the no, brother of like, Jesus. You. you know, I don't think, I don't think James goes around and says, I am the most humble person. Um, I'm the brother of Jesus, by the way, you know what, how that turned out. So mm -hmm. let me speak. How does even in essence, with James being the brother of Jesus, he still submitted mm. to God. He still submitted to Jesus. So to me, humility is a lot about submission as well, really understanding your relationship with the Father. And so because he could have just taken that fact that I'm the brother of Jesus and said to everyone, hey, 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 I'm the brother of Jesus. Listen to what I'm saying. But it just wasn't about that. It was about Jesus is Jesus. So listen mm -hmm. to what he has to say. Listen to what he's teaching us. Follow him, not just on the fact that he was the brother. So he submitted. At, which starts with your first verse in James. James 1, 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say James, a servant of God. And by the way, yes. Jesus, my brother yeah. here. <laughs> so let me start telling you the rest of the things you should mm -hmm. do. 
And I think a lot of times we look at humility and we see it as putting ourselves down or seeing ourselves as less than someone else. But I think Janelle really hit it when she said his relationship to God, the Father. And I think that's the key, that humility isn't saying, oh, I'm not as good as you are, but it's saying, I see where I stand in relationship to God. Mm -hmm. And I see how I am in comparison to him, and I'm nothing in comparison to him. And it's not that I'm comparing myself to Favo, but when I compare myself with God, when I see my place and how he loves me, even though I'm so much less than he is, then that affects how I see myself in relationship with others. So I'm not less than Favo, but I'm so much less than God that I'm gonna treat Favo not like he's better than me or not like he's beneath me, but we're both so far beneath God. How do you compare? Mm. And I think humility too has been um, changed throughout our generation on social media. Um, you see, you know, like, oh, oh yeah. I'm it's so humble. Yeah. I'm proud of my humility. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's ridiculous because sometimes we think that by us saying that we're humble, that's it. You know, my mom always taught me uh, that humility goes along with secrets. Do what you do in hiding. Keep it a secret. Uh, be humble. Be who you are in secret. You don't have to tell anyone. And I... I mean, that's what I related to. Mm. See, that is mm. a cultural thing that most we don't understand. So when, when, when Mary and Jesus' brothers come up to Jesus, remember that story, it was in Mark? Yes. They come up to uh, him and say, you know, he's crazy. What, he lost his mind? Who does he think he is? Shh, don't be talking about it. It isn't so much that they were jealous of Jesus, but they were looking at this and probably going, wait, this is getting way out of hand. How do we handle this? Mm -hmm. But beyond, it was a... I think it's, it comes down to a cultural thing. Yes. And if you're not from a culture where, like the Indian culture is you don't, you always, you know, you're very you're supposed to be. It's changed, <laughs> but it's supposed to be. But you know, the idea of you don't, if you're good at something, you don't tell people say you're good. You go, no, 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 not, no, 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 not good. Tell me more, but I'm not, you know. That's, <laughs> that, it wasn't that kind of thing. It was like, you know, this is getting too out of hand. You've got to be, uh, tone it down. And Jesus comes back and says, look, this is a whole different thing that you haven't figured out yet, but you will. And in time, James does. He comes to a point like, yeah, but if you're a Christian, be humble. Mm -hmm. yeah. How does that affect life today? Well, be actually humble. And I just go back to that because I see it so much. Uh, people, you know, do well on a test or they something happens in their life and they go back to social media and they're like, I did so good in my test, but I'm not worthy. And <laughs> I went to... Or my give, kids did so well. And yeah, I'm not worthy. Well, why, you know, why do we need to all hear about it? And going through this lesson really made me stop in some things. Like, you know, take a picture and I'm here. And this is wonderful. And I'm so humbled and honored to serve here. Well, am I really, if I'm bragging about it in a sense? And so it's kind of a funny thing, especially with, your, with what you're saying now, Kati, about social media, that we want to share. It's a good avenue to share, but really what are we sharing? Are we just right. encouraging people to just find and go into love or to do something for someone, or are we boosting ourselves in the process? So James really kind of made me take a step back like, hmm, 
if I'm, if I'm saying I'm so humble to accept this award that I just did so fantastically on and I just thank you all for giving this to me. Is that really humility? If I'm bragging about it in a sense, if I'm just pushing it out there? Because a lot of things that we do don't have to, we should do it just because we serve God and he loves us and we love others. And that's a hard thing to teach. I mean, when it comes to humility, it's a hard thing to teach your children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we were, I don't know if my, I don't think, I don't remember if my mom taught me this or just culturally, you know, influenced, but when somebody came and said, oh, you did good, you're like, oh no, it was nothing. I'm here to serve the Lord. And, you know, <laughs> you don't, you don't know how to handle this. So when my daughter says, no, what do I say? What do I say? My thing is just say, thank people for what they're saying. And that's about it. Because anything more than that sounds very false. Yes. Yeah. And I think it can very easily come from a genuine place within mm -hmm. someone. Yes. But when you see, and I often see this on social media as well, you have three paragraphs about how I won this competition. And I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to make it and all of this and all of that. God is good. <laughs> okay, well, that wasn't the focus of everything mm -hmm. that was being said. So I think a lot of times we think that by throwing that one phrase in or that, oh, praise that, God. That or, humbles us. That that that's going to make the entire bragging that I just did. <laughs> Seem more Christian. Right. Now, all of a sudden, it's for God. <laughs> but it always comes at the end. You never see that at the beginning. You never see, well, God did this amazing thing. Because everything that follows that is going to be about what God did. Right. But we leave that to the end because, let me tell you this amazing thing. I did it all by myself, but hey, God And God was, was there too. He was in the back. We were just like chilling and right. I did all the driving. But if you start it with, <laughs> let me tell you this amazing thing that God just took me through, that focuses everything else that comes after it to what that first phrase, what God Have did. Have you ever noticed how we tend to... God's always there in the bad times, but in the good, we did it all by ourselves. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, you see people asking for prayer who, who, on Facebook again, when the rest of their posts, you hardly ever see that relationship with God ever there. But yep. something bad happens. It's the Lord is taking me through this, but I need your prayers and the Lord is holding me. I'm like, so where was he when you were doing all the other stuff? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not a judgment call. It's just an observation when you look at it. We all do stuff like this. It's, it's hard to define God. Book of James is, for me, it's, it's the do book. Mm -hmm. It's not the do book for the sake of doing. It's a do book because you believe. Mm -hmm. So how does faith um, become more this, than this intellectual discussion that we often have? We sit there and we talk about it. How do you take faith and put it into doing? Martin Luther did dislike this book immensely. <laughs> I mean, he disliked it because it, it did not fit in with what he was trying to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, but James is about, if you believe, you will naturally do. Mm -hmm. You cannot say you believe and not do. So how do you take faith and put it into practice? Well, you know, and we were, I was thinking about this for a while this week, actually, that a lot of times we put faith, as it should be, in the context of religion. But if you look at the world around us, you get... Oh, it's an interesting new perspective because if Janelle tells me that she believes that drinking soda is bad for your health mm -hmm. 
and then while she's sipping soda, while she's sipping soda, I'm gonna question that belief. Like, do you really think that's bad for you? Or the same with somebody who says, "Oh, running is so good for you," and never runs. When, how much do you really believe that? Parents do this all the time. Don't do as I do. Do as I yeah. say because, yeah. you know, I've made all these mistakes. I'm too old to change. But change isn't defined by age. It's not restricted by age, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and I think the same if I say that God loves me so much and he saved me, but I don't live according to that belief, then you're going to question how much I really believe that. Yeah. What's that face for? It's just, <laughs> I've, I've spent hours in dis Bible discussions mm -hmm. and then personally walked out and done stuff going, why none of what I just talked about has been demonstrated in that one action that I took. Not that yeah. that one action defines who I am or the person I am, but if I just spend time talking about it, then that action should be remedied or resolved in some ways because of what I've just discussed. Um, I just got an email from somebody uh, about, the, about the Sabbath school lessons and the email was just, it was, it was poison. Mm. It was acidic. We get emails like this, all, I mean I get emails all, all, the one guy wrote to me and he was so upset that uh, the links or something didn't work in the app and he said fire the moron who made the app. Uh oh. I have no access to the Bible. I have no access. <laughs> Fire the moron who made the app. I'm thinking, if you're studying the Sabbath school lessons so it religiously, really does need the access. how do you call? <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. See, yeah, this like, is it. Really immediately. That's the essence of James, is you cannot separate. And I, I'm not sure if Martin Luther quite got that. You mm -hmm. cannot say completely you're, you're, it's just by faith alone, because if you believe, you will do. If you just believe, there's no definition of who Christ is. It's, it's, it's almost like when I think of it, it's if somebody is hungry and I'm a Christian and I have food, do I just pray in faith that they'll be fed or do I give them food? There's still something that kind of backs it up. If I have the ability to be able to assist in some way or to do something, why would I not do it? Do I just pray and sit and hope that somebody's along the way will come and make this happen. Somebody's gonna feed this person as I eat my apples. Well, I have apples here, why would I not give it to you? And so I think that's what it's, it's kind of talking about, that faith is with the action part, that if we have an ability, if, we have, if we're able to, just go on ahead. God has given us that, that ability to think, that ability to process, that ability to choose. And so we should always choose in love to assist, to do, to believe. And believing means that there's, at, at times, yes, when our hands are tied, there's some things our hands are tied at. If we can't necessarily make someone be cured from something incurable, that's a little bit different. But if they're hungry and they're still on the bed, why would I not give them food? That's, that's faith. Faith gives you, even if you don't have the ability, faith gives you the, the propulsion. Mm -hmm. Propulsion? Propulsion. Propulsion, that's it, I'll to move propulsion. forward. <laughs> well, it's been a great study so far. I think it was a great study, and you might disagree. We'll talk about it later, shall we? <laughs> but we've got to quit right now. We'll see you back. The three of you are hosting the next uh, 11, 12 lessons, I can count. Um, and we, I wish you well. 
Uh, for those of you who would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's faith and doing. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Falvo Fowler. Thank you.